0: What's going on ladies and gents, Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com and today I have Tay Sweat on the line. I'm super excited about this conversation because he is vegan and I'm, I'm expecting to learn a lot today. How are you, man?
1: Good, good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Um, so so give give the audience a little little brief bio kind of on who you are, what got you in the keto space and, and and why you're vegan, man. I've, I've seen your transformation picture that let alone speaks pretty high volumes there.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, just a quick story about me. I raised uh, not on a not so good diet. Um, I ended up being about three hundred and twelve pounds at 15. Um, wow. Wasn't wasn't fun at all. Um, because I also wasn't 6'3. I'm 6'3 now, but I was about 5'9 then. So it didn't look well. Um, mm-hmm. So I just had to, you know, I started studying because I had diabetes as well. I had um, heart disease, um, high blood pressure. I mean, you name it. And I just felt like I was going to die at 15, literally. So I started studying. And before you know it, I came into, um, of course, the vegan lifestyle. Um, and I, I didn't know what I was doing, I was winging it. so. You know, I ate a lot of vegetables, nuts, seeds, <laughs> trying to get my protein, um, ended up losing over 120 pounds was my I think, the largest that I ended up losing. And um, before you knew it, I went ahead and got certified in uh, nutrition. I got certified in uh, holistic uh, practitioner work, and I made a whole lifestyle out of it.
0: So let me let me back up a little bit here. You were. Fifteen years old, and you—you you were diagnosed. Like you went to the doctor, and they diagnosed you with diabetes at fifteen.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Type
0: two. Man, that's gonna be like a wake-up call. What? What are like your folks saying? Like, what? What's your? What was the whole family? Um, like, like how did that affect things?
1: Um, of course, that was like anybody you know. With any diet change to your tradition, if you will, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a little lag, you know, or it's gonna be a little, you know bite back or fight back from your family and I had that um, my family my friends everybody thought I was crazy at the time you know I come from you know I'm from Nashville Tennessee born and raised here and it <laughs> I wasn't necessarily from an area that where we cared about health so me just carrying a gallon of water around to make sure I stayed hydrated well, it looked awkward so <laughs> mm-hmm. so me also you know not eating meat and just kind of not doing any fast foods it was weird and my family just, I mean, they hated it. But, um, you know, as they saw the results come, they saw my skin clear up because I had horrible eczema as well. They saw the, the transformation, they kind of started to jump on the bandwagon with it. So I, I made it a cool thing and now everybody's kind of doing it with
0: me. What was like a typical day of eating for you before you started, you know, focusing on your health? Like when you were 315 pounds and just eating all kinds of food, what, what was like a standard day of eating for you then?
1: Oh man. <laughs> um, so I was, I was pretty much raised an athlete. I love sports. So I always had a athlete's, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say a eating habits. So I ate a lot of just fast food, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, you name it. Uh, if it was a fast food and it was convenient, cause my mom, she's a single mother. She had two boys. Um, and we were in multiple sports. So there wasn't a lot of time to cook because she was taxiing us around to you know each different practice or uh, it, it just didn't work. So we would do what was available, which was you know Jack in the Box or some type of fast food. So that was literally my everyday food. I was a junk food kid.
0: Man, man, and how long did it take you to like put on that way? Like, was it pretty quick or like your metabolism slowed down at any specific point, or was it just like a gradual progression when you were you know in the single digits?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say it was over a five-year period because when you, I don't know if anybody out there is really familiar with it, but when you're gaining weight, you don't necessarily know you're getting bigger until it hits. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, I don't know, it's like a lag time. So the first two, three years I'm gaining weight, I don't realize that I'm getting fatter. (laughs) It just all of a sudden happens or somebody tells you, hey, you've put on some weight. But until then, you really don't know. So over five years is when it happened, but I didn't realize it was happening until I actually hit that point of like the fourth year, maybe.
0: And it's kind of crazy, like in that time frame specifically, man. I mean, I look at my brother and my brother used to be shorter than me and he was putting on a bunch of weight and kind of like chubby. And everybody just assumed that he was going to have a growth spurt. And then he did have a growth spurt. And now he's like much taller than me and just incredibly skinny. So like during that childhood window of time, you're like, oh, he's just having a growth spurt. It's all going to go up from there. But it's easy to kind of skew that with, no, he's actually putting on some unnecessary body fat that's like not healthy.
1: Exactly, exactly, and that to be honest, that's kind of what was happening because I played football and basketball, and I, at the the time I was being pushed towards football more because I was gaining weight. So it was just, oh, well, he's getting big because he, you know, he needs this weight for football. He's a linebacker. He needs to be bigger. And they were encouraging <laughs> the weight gain. And so, it, it mm-hmm. you know, even when it was noticeable, people didn't really try to stop it because I was a football player.
0: Right, right. And yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. What what was, so I guess the doctor visit when you were diagnosed with the, the diabetes, that was like the, the big aha moment of like, okay, this is actually not contributing to my overall success.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest, um, I've always been, I guess it's the athletic m- uh, mentality. Um, I've always been one of those people who wants to be the best at whatever he's doing. So um, Mm -hmm. it carried over into my health. So when I went to the doctor and I, you know, got the bad news, it was kind of like, okay, I can't be the best at, you know, football, basketball with diabetes. (laughs) I can't be the best. at, I mean, just being a kid, I can't be a good kid with diabetes, especially if I have to start taking different medications And, and it just didn't work. So I, that's what really sparked that transformation for me to even want to get started on that journey.
0: And when you decided to, you know, clean up the the food, you you went immediately towards vegan, or did you kind of just try and clean up food and just have have meats because you were still eating meats and stuff prior to that, right? Like Jack in the Box, you didn't get like a burger or something.
1: Yeah, man, <laughs> it was definitely a hard transition. I did not, um, I did not go cold turkey. And as a matter of fact, I struggled for years, Um, you know, and I guess it's a quote unquote struggle. Uh, I I was doing a lot of uh, salmon. I started just kind of cleaning up the meats that I would, you know, that I would eat. And um, it just so happened to lead me down the vegan path. But even when I tried to quote unquote go vegan, I was still bouncing in and out (laughs) because it was around me. You know, As you only have so much. A wiggle room as a kid as far as what you're going to eat and even at 17 18 i'm still having to eat you know some of the meats and things like that at this time so it took me years to actually get out of eating meat and into a vegan lifestyle
0: and and where did did keto come into the play because you probably weren't you know keto vegan initially that's kind of just been a progression over the years right
1: exactly and and this is something that (laughs) A lot of vegans, I'm not necessarily super popular with many vegans because I don't I'm not necessarily the uh, I guess you can say the the ethical guy. I did it for my health, to be honest. And with that being said, I don't have any loyalty anywhere. I do what works for me, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. where the where the vegan keto part came in is through the journey of going into keto or going into vegan. Excuse me. I had to make sure I was getting protein because that was like the number one thing. Where are you going to get protein? So I was doing a lot of nuts and seeds. And it just so happened that before I even knew what keto was, I was already doing it because everything was pretty much nuts, seeds and vegetables, um, you know, and I would do avocado mm-hmm. every now and then. I loved olives, which I still do. So I was pretty much doing a keto diet back then for, as you know, as far as veganism goes, I just didn't realize it. and once I got a little more popular into the vegan community, people were looking at my diet and they're going, why aren't you eating fruit? Why aren't you eating? You know, there was this vegan is almost like a gang. And if you don't do what vegans do, then you are kind of like exiled. And (laughs) I just, you know, I I gave in for a while and I said, okay, well, let me try these carbs. Let me try eating a high fruit or 80, 10, 10, where it's 80% coming from carbs. And I got right back fat. Like, seriously, I gained weight on a vegan diet. So this is kind of where the the transition back to a vegan keto diet came because I knew I was already doing that. It just now it's it has a name to it. I just didn't know it was keto back then.
0: Because I look at, you know, a lot of the the vegan foods out there and a lot of them just have, you know, like stuff that would definitely not be qualified for keto. Like there's just a ton of carbs in there. Um, A lot of the binding factors, you know could raise insulin um so it's it's not really conducive to keto like a lot of the pre-made vegan meals specifically um but if you were to just go like the with the vegetables and like the the fats um i could definitely say your ratios would wind up as such um do you did you like test your your blood thread or, or are you kind of not just doing it more instinctively
1: uh initially and let me just say this yeah you're right man there's a lot of processed crap in the vegan world. It's, it kind of pisses me off, but, uh, to be honest, man, uh, starting out, no, I didn't test it. Um, but when I put two and two together, and by this time, you know, I'm already certified as a nutritionist. Um, I'm already, uh, you know, I'm in it. I have the education and I start, you know, now that I'm back to the high fat, high carb at this period of time, I do start, um, I'm sorry, high fat, low carb. I do start to test my ketones, and I do start to and I do blood ketones because I'm not a big believer in the urine because it kind (laughs) of it withers off after the first week or so. Um, So I I started testing, and I took it to my Instagram uh, to show people that you could do vegan keto and pull some pretty big, you know, some pretty big results and numbers. You know, I I average uh, 1.0, 1.5 millimolars a day, and that's all vegetables, some nuts, some seeds and you know a little avocado here and there and that, that pretty much works for me do you track your macros
0: or you just kind of go with what you know works like do you have any idea what your grams of protein fat and carbs come in at on average
1: oh yeah absolutely um i, I track a lot simply because first of all I, I i like to do self-studies or self-testing because i'm not I'm not the biggest fan of uh <laughs> doctor i guess you can say uh when they run the test of the studies and you know it's, it's always biased to me so I, I'd like to do my own tests and studies for myself and my clients so I track mm-hmm. everything um from the top to the bottom
0: so what what's a what's it breakdown like on an average day for you like how many grams like what do your macro pie chart look like
1: yeah um so on on average um I'm I'm going to pull about I would say 70 75% of my calories are going to come from fats um my protein believe it or not and I heard you talk about this uh, when you were doing uh, your contest prep I don't get a lot of protein man honestly <laughs> I'd say maybe 75 to 100 grams a day of protein is all I get um and, and just you know for the record I, I'm maintaining about 215 210 um weight I'm pretty solid so <laughs> it works for me and then the carbs believe it or not are higher than traditional keto um, most, you know, people try to keep it under 50 grams. I've noticed that I can, I can keep pretty much 1.0, 1.5 millimolars eating about 150 grams of carbs. And that's coming from vegetables.
0: Yeah. I assume like your carb, I mean, what, what's the breakdown of that look like from from fiber versus net carbs?
1: Um, fiber is pretty high. So if, if I get 150 grams of carbs, um, i I'm guaranteed to get about eighty to maybe even a hundred grams of uh, fiber. So that that's pretty much how that buffers out.
0: So what what's a typical day of eating look like, man? Like what what was um like if you were just you know from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? Like what is your meal timing and what do those meals consist of? Because I'm I'm curious to see how like you know from you being like a performance athlete, how getting such a high intake of, of you know vegetation. Affects your performance and just kind of like how you get that in because I've I've made I've had a few clients that are vegan and I, I make every client like a sample meal plan um, that matches like the first week's macros that I give them and it, it's a lot more of a challenge uh, for someone that's not well versed in like your vegan options to, to hit macros that that are you know vegan friendly.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and it it can be a challenge, especially for um, you know women versus men. Um, I'm always having to manipulate some things for you know different races or. Um, you know, I, I notice a lot of differences. You know, based on the race, the gender, things like that. Uh, but for me, um, a, a typical day, I'm going to fast regardless. I fast pretty much every day. As a matter of fact, uh, right now, I'm on a 48 hour fast. Uh, it just works for me. <laughs> uh, I, my cognitive ability is much better, uh, and I I perform better, to be honest. You know, I, I really feel like this euphoric feeling when I fast, and I've been doing this for years. So. I'll usually, on a typical day, I'll usually fast for about 20 hours. That's just usually a typical day. And then I just eat until I'm no full. No drinks or anything? So, uh, I'll do a little water. Um, every so often, maybe I'll do uh, some, you know, green tea, something of that sort. But I don't do a lot of caffeine. I don't do coffee. Uh, so it's just fasting and, you know, maybe a couple, I don't know, 64 ounces of water before I eat, you know, within that 20-hour. 20, um, 20 Time frame, and then, and mm-hmm. this is mostly because I'm I'm super busy. I'm sure you see how I do on Instagram things like that. I like to answer all of my clients back. I like to answer DMs on Instagram. So I'm I'm always running, and not to mention I'm about to get married. So I'm going through uh, planning the wedding, which is in a week. So it's just a lot of stuff going on. Oh man! So fasting just works for me. Um, and then once I sit down and eat. I usually make this. I call it my sacred time, basically. And I, I turn my phone over. Nobody gets gets access to me and I'll just sit and eat until I'm full. Um, so that will usually look like uh, I'll do about a jar or two of olives, which is about normally it gives me about 350 to about 700 gram, uh 700 calories. Um, that's kind of like my starter. So once I finish, finish you know, nibbling on my olives, um, I'll give it about, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. And then I'll go in and maybe have a, a half a head of cabbage. <laughs> I eat a lot of cabbage. I love my cabbage. Um, and I'll maybe whip up about two, sometimes even three if I'm really hungry. I'll whip up about three avocados, man. And I'll throw <laughs> I'll throw a little salsa over the avocados. And I'll eat that with my uh, half a head of cabbage. And then, I don't know, to finish it off, maybe you know I'm craving something sweet or maybe I just won't a little something to top that off and I'll maybe go eat. Uh, I like my fat bombs. I'm going to, it's not, I'm not affiliated with them anyway, but I love the F bombs. Uh, Jimmy Moore talks about them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do one of those F bombs maybe. And just kind of finish it off. It gives me a good, sweet, salty taste, you know, in the day of eating.
0: So that's, that's pretty much you're getting all your protein from, I mean like that, just like olives, the avocado, the cabbage and like the, the nut butters.
1: Yeah, a lot of times. And sometimes, you know, every now and then I'll do a a vegan protein shake. If I want to go you know higher, Um, I play with my protein just to see what I can get away with. So I've been as low as uh, 20 grams of protein in a day. Um, And then I go back up to sometimes, you know, I I try to range around 70 to 100 grams. And when I go that high, I'm definitely going to do some type of, uh, I don't know, protein shake or maybe I'll do. A it's kind of like a mock meat type of uh it's called hempay so it's made from hemp seeds and peanuts I think mm-hmm. and um, hempay has tremendous amount of protein I think it's forty grams of protein per uh, package so I'll sit and maybe eat a thing of you know hempay with my cabbage and my um, avocado and that gets me a, a good amount of protein as well
0: you know one of the uh the things that I've looked at with like a lot of the vegan protein sources is a lot of them leverage, you know, soy. Uh, and then when you, when you start incorporating soy, you have to kind of, or at least traditional dogma states that, you know, that is going to give you a surplus in estrogen, which isn't really going to mm-hmm. be optimal from like a performance standpoint and building muscle. Have you kind of dug into that? And can you speak on that much?
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, big, A big, big, big thing uh, that I noticed with soy, first of all, it doesn't work for me. Um, I have to go and, and, you know, kind of separate because a lot of people love their soy when it comes to this vegan lifestyle, but I'm not a a big fan of it for a few reasons. Um, just to kind of give a a little overview, I've been training now and working with clients now for over almost 12 years. And at one point in time, when a lot of women would come into uh, my program, I noticed they usually have some type of. Uh, hormone issues and usually that's associated with um or a lot of times they have issues with their menstrual cycle which is associated with the hormones so i would take them certain mm-hmm. places to you know heal or or fix the issues they're having with their menstrual cycle and they would come back to me and this has happened i probably work with 1500 clients by now and this was with hundreds of women most of them would ask me hey is it okay if i go back to my to my regular diet You know, and I say, well, let's slowly add things in. So we know what's, you know, doing what, what's causing what. So we would start with soy because that was the big thing that I wanted to see. So I would always start back introducing soy. And it was almost every time, I would say 90% of the time, as soon as they would introduce soy back into their diets, their menstrual cycles would go back crazy. It would be painful again. It would, and I mean, they would break out. And this would let me know that okay, we have an issue with 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 soy and estrogen here, and it doesn't work for me, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not working for them. So at that point, I just exiled soy. I don't do it. (laughs) I don't suggest it. (laughs) So that's just my perspective from it.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense, man. I've always kind of gravitated away from it. Um, You know, there's been like so many you know research articles, some in favor of soy, some you know against it. But like just the simple concept of, you know, elevating estrogen. And if soy can in turn do that. It just doesn't make sense to me as a bodybuilder trying to minimize my estrogen uh, Mm -hmm. to be incorporating a whole bunch of soy into my diet.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: What other what other foods, man? Like, are there any other kind of, you know, red flags that you see a lot in the the vegan diets um, that that may be lesser known that people should stay away from?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm noticing a lot of there's like this race to see who can authenticate or not authenticate, but who can replicate the best veggie burger or the best, you know, mock meat chickens. And you know, you know, I'm not a big fan, period, of most of the the mock meats, and it's, it's simply because it's a lot of um, you, you see a lot of rancid oils going into some of these mock meats and you just see a lot of not so good practices that are happening to, to, I guess, be the first one to market, to have that good tasting meat that you notice the quality of what, you know, the ingredients are made up of. It's not that good. So I usually teach, you know, and tell a lot of my clients to, one, stick to minimally processed foods. So, you know, look for anything that spoils in, you know, a matter of a week or two. If it doesn't spoil in a, (laughs) a week or two, Then nine times out of ten it's not going to be so well for you um so of course that you know fruits vegetables that usually kind of fits into that um and of course when i say fruits a lot of people don't realize that olives (laughs) uh, avocados all of these things are fruits so this is where i get the fruit from. Uh, but i i just don't do anything that has over you know five to maybe on a cheat day i'll do more than 10 ingredients if it has more than 10 ingredients i'm telling my clients i'm telling my social media following to stay away from it because it's not good
0: yeah i definitely agree with you man there's like i've turned the package over and seen a a freaking essay on some of those labeling and it's just like you know Mm -hmm. if i'm putting that much food into my mouth half the ingredients i can't even pronounce there's just there's just a disconnect there it's not worth it
1: right exactly exactly and you know a lot of people they're they're searching for because i get a lot of clients or people who are just interested in a vegan lifestyle but they want to do, you know, keto. A lot of people are opting out for the more processed way of doing keto. So I see a lot of mock meats and, you know, they'll throw out the vegetables and then they'll go for some type of mock cheese. So they go mock meat, mock cheese, oh, I'm keto. And I say, well, that's <laughs> that's not going to work <laughs> because you need some type of nutrition in there.
0: Right, right, exactly. Man, those, those mock cheeses, I have not found a vegan cheese that I like. But I will say this. Those, those Kite Hill yogurts and cream cheeses, have you ever
1: had those? Oh, yeah. The, the Kite Hill, probably one of the best uh, that you can choose from. And the other cheeses mm-hmm. aren't really good. There's one that I have found that probably takes the cake on all of it. And it's, uh, it's called Miyoko's. She's based out of California. Really good. All of the other cheeses, they don't melt they're chewy they're i mean they just don't work
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i bought one it was like an almond based cheese because i just wanted to you know try it and see what it tastes like and it was like eating a sponge man
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's how most of them taste <laughs> you're not missing anything on that one i will say that um and, and to be honest with you on my way to the vegan lifestyle i was vegetarian um for two of those years because i couldn't get rid of the cheese and i couldn't find a, a replacement for it. Uh, but I did realize that was one of the biggest um, inflammation drivers in me, so I had to let go of it because um, I noticed my knees would flare up, and I would also have um, I had eczema, really bad eczema, and I would get flare ups with my eczema every time I had dairy. But that was the only reason I got rid of it mm-hmm. because <laughs> it was messing with my my inflammation. But I loved cheese, loved it.
0: So so what's the the hierarchy of you know, kind of eliminating the meats. I guess a pescatarian is the lowest level because those that allows for eggs, dairy, and, and fish, right?
1: Yes. So you you know, your pescatarians, you're gonna do uh, eggs, dairy, fish, like you said. Some people even may even throw it, like a chicken, some type of fowl in there. Um, and then you go up to the next level where it's kind of like uh they call it the uvo lacto uh, vegetarian, where they pretty much just do dairy and eggs. Um, and then you have traditional vegetarian way, you may do one or the other, Uh, which let me just say, go on the record to say this, vegetarian used to be in the definition of a vegetarian used to be herbivore. We're now kind of making all of these new ways of doing it. So now vegetarian means something different. And then to go vegan, if you come in the vegan community, um, they want you to say plant-based if you're not for the animals, which... I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> I think it's crazy. So for, in my case, I would be considered plant-based because I'm not really, you know, I love animals. I get it, but I'm not really active. I'm not an activist for the ethical side. So they will actually want me to say that I'm more of a plant-based eater versus a vegan because a vegan is considered a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> wow. I did not even know that. Oh, so yeah. it, bring bring up to speed, man. Like I... I do not know i'm not familiar with you know the whole uh, the culture in the the vegan space per se because i mean you, you definitely get you know the animal rights and the ethics involved for sure um which i can appreciate you know i, I appreciate and respect everybody's beliefs mm-hmm. um but for you you know if, if you're not in it for an ethical reason for instance like what what keeps you from eating you know like like salmon now you just noticed that 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 doesn't have any advantageous effect for you?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, there's a few there's a few reasons. Um, when I when I did eat meat, what I noticed is that I was a I was a weird kid. I, I could not eat it by itself. If that makes sense, I always had to have a French fry with it, or a bunch of ketchup or sauce, or you know, even with a steak, I would have to drown it in you know steak sauce. I, it was never appealing to me by itself. And that was just a simple process of elimination for me. You know, I, I thought to myself, OK, why can't you eat this? Well, your body doesn't actually want it. It's just not craving. It. So I kind of follow intuitively. I follow my body with a lot of these things. So that was one thing. So I, for a while, I was, you know, a lot of eating a lot of fish. Um, and even then I would have to, you know, with salmon, I would make this glaze that had, you know, gray Poupon and, you know, <laughs> brown sugar, which all of that added stuff, it just does, you know, it does nothing for you. So at that point I realized I just don't like meat. Like I really don't like it. And that was a, a big decider for me. And um when I took that perspective over to the holistic um practitioner side that I, you know, I went ahead and got certified in that. What I was starting to realize is that um, a lot of what we consider to be racist, you know, Caucasian, black or African-American, we have different approaches to our diets based on our ancestry. And what I was looking from, you know, in that standpoint, through my certification, I was taught that we necessarily came from a, we potentially came from a more vegetable um, eating type of state, you know, fruits, vegetables, because it was tropical. and that seemed to work for me. It was just it just ha- I don't know it clicked. It was something that clicked and I just stuck with it. And I felt great with it. Even when I did I've I've been on pretty much every diet for you know my client's sake. Um 80 10 10, I've done raw vegan where I just did all fruit. Um, I got really skinny on that by the way. <laughs> um so mm-hmm. I I just tried out each and every diet to see how it worked for me and the plants just it it just stuck. And that was just something that I stuck with.
0: Do you? And there's a whole bunch of questions I've got coming from this. So, mm-hmm. with, with the whole, um, you know, ancestral, you know, perspective, what what other trends did you notice? Like, you know, like the Caucasian, for instance, what what were they predominantly eating in the past, and how's that compared to African Americans? Like, What's just kind of like the the lineage there?
1: Yeah. So, from what I was taught, um, and in, when you deal with holistic uh, practitioner work, you kind of have to take a history course as well, like a history lesson, because you need to know where a lot of things originate. And based on the Caucasians, uh, most of the Caucasian uh, lineage, they were in colder climates. Um, and a lot of the colder climates would do more. Of course, you know, there were, there wasn't much vegetation in a lot of the colder climates. So they, you know, had to rely on eating meats, um, eating fattier foods, which is why I, I normally notice when I get someone who's Caucasian and, uh, into my program, I know that I need to absolutely take them to a, a higher fat, kind of lower uh, carb approach because that is definitely going to work for their um, their genetics, and it it always pans out. Like they their bodies just soak it up, um, and I and I work with people who are not vegan, and it and it works on both sides. That's what I've come to notice. Um, I've also noticed that um, they usually can get away. Caucasians usually can get away. My clients. Uh, with higher calories than someone who's maybe african-american or uh, a latin uh, background we tend to have to like if i eat too many calories man i gain weight fast um and of course you know that can have some stem you know it can be because of my background of i call it being fat fat genetics (laughs) but uh, i've noticed that with a lot of my clients too uh if we eat too many calories it does seem to stick with us a little bit easier.
0: So, so what are you, what are your calories clocking in at on average?
1: Um, on a, on a really hard workout day, I may get up to, I don't know, 2,900 and that's kind of pushing it for me, 2,900 calories. And my body's kind of like, Hey guy, you need to stop. <laughs> you know, um, if I'm just, just binging and I just want to go out and just enjoy myself, I can pack it away and I can put away, you know, four, 4,500 calories but it does not agree with my body at all. Um, And I've done phases to see if it's me just spiking my insulin or spiking my calories too much, or if it's just something that lasts with me. So I've been on a six month journey to where I ate that many calories and it never ended, it never regulated itself. It never worked. I always felt like crap, you know? Um, And as soon as I brought it down to 2,900 calories um, on a lower day, I may even go down to, you know, 24, 2300. My body just seems more efficient. It just, I I stay leaner. It just feels better. Well, 23,
0: 2400, that's still a pretty, pretty solid amount of food. I mean, you got people out there that are just like chronically under eating, you know, sub Mm -hmm. 1000 calories. That's just like asking for disaster. Right. (laughs) I'm impressed that you're able to get, you know, like on a binge day, 4500 plus calories, all vegan basement like that. I don't even know what that would look like. (laughs)
1: oh yeah it it can get it can get pretty uh high especially if um you start getting into uh, like these and and this is not keto at all (laughs) but if you start getting into a lot of the vegan restaurants where they're throwing veggie burgers together and here in nashville it's a pretty big city for uh veganism believe it or not um and we have so many crazy vegan options here that you can just go off the rails with like i mean Uh, insulin coma type thing (laughs) i've seen a a veggie burger with vegan bacon surrounded or or the buns were vegan donuts and it had vegan mayo it's ridiculous to be honest
0: (laughs) because a lot of the the oils and stuff using those kind of like what you were saying earlier with like the rancid fats i mean that's all basically you know vegetable based but Kind of like a polyunsaturated fat that's not really an optimal fat source, So it's just basically a ton of inflammation waiting to happen.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And this is the, this is one of the biggest things, biggest problems I see, because most, like you said, most of these, you know, oils are rancid. They're, you know, rapeseed or, or uh, canola oil. Um, it, it's just, it's not good. And then <laughs> I get this a lot. People want to know if veganism is so good, why are there so many fat vegans? And I get this question maybe, I mean, six times a day at least. And (laughs) that is one of the biggest reasons why, because when you come into veganism, it's like a it's it's walking through a door of carbs, basically, because you drop your proteins being, you know, the meat, you drop your healthier fats for the most part um, coming from, you know, maybe a healthier version of dairy or, uh, you know, some healthier uh, vegetables or fruits, you drop all of that and you go directly into this carb haven i mean it's just so much carbs and that's why people Mm -hmm. are are vegan and you know holding on to a lot of weight
0: what do you think about um like the you know a lot of the people that have had on the podcast before that that were vegetarian or were vegan for, for quite some time and then they transitioned a keto based protocol like a traditional keto with meats they they noticed that you know prior to the transition they they were just missing some some critical micronutrients. Um they just noticed performance starting to like, everybody seemed to improve initially, probably because they stepped away from like just a standard American diet that's just terrible. And then things started to clean up with vegan or vegetarian. But after a prolonged period of that, they started to to notice, you know, just micronutrient deficiencies. And then all that seemed to be replenished when they transitioned to like a keto approach. Do you think that was just a, a you know, some basic lacking food group that they'd had or Or what do you think is the reason for that deficiency?
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's a, I think it's all about the context and you know, what the person was doing. Cause I've seen that a lot, you know, I get a lot of clients who come to me who are struggling with that. Um, on one, on one point, I do think that everybody is not meant to be vegan. I'm going to just go on the record for that too. (laughs) Everybody is not meant to be vegan. As a matter of fact, it's probably more people than, you know, people think that should actually, you know, stay on the meat eating side, to be honest. Um. But the people who want to try it out, what I see so many times is that people are relying on processed carbohydrates. People go vegan. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to eat. Majority of the people who I come across, they're eating pasta. They're eating, (laughs) you know, they're like, oh, I eat, you know, pasta for lunch. And then I'll have, you know, some type of pasta or rice or, you know, rice and beans for dinner. And that's pretty much all they eat. And and I noticed it's kind of like, you know, it's a break from eating the processed meats and the junk food in the standard American diet. So you get a break and your body feels better initially, but now you're solely eating, you know, maybe a little fruit here and there and you eat pasta and you eat rice and beans. And that's the whole makeup of your diet for the next six months to a year. Of course, you're not going to get everything you need. Not only that, they're not supplementing because they don't know what they're missing. So, you know, your B12, Um, your vitamin D, which most, if not all of us are really lacking in that um, they're not covering those bases. Not to mention if this diet isn't meant for you and you actually do need those meats based on your, you know, maybe your ancestry or whatnot, then you definitely are going to have some issues on a vegan diet. So I've actually sent some people back and Vegans are gonna hate me. Hopefully they don't listen to your <laughs> to your show, but they're gonna hate me when I say this. But I've actually sent people away from veganism. Like this is not for you. Go back and eat the meat. Go get some salmon, go get some healthier fatty foods, uh, you know, and, and do this this way.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And do, do you think if you know, you actually like the flavor and texture of meat and and we're eating like a traditional keto approach, do you think that any would improve or do you think it would pretty much be even killer do you think there's any advantage to that
1: uh i don't know man you know that's that's something I, i've thought about uh if i you know if i went back and ate more protein maybe i, I definitely will say this if i went back and, and did more of a meat-based keto i would definitely look at getting on stage uh to be honest with you i'd, I'd more i'd be much easier or better able to compete um uh, Because, you know, the protein things like that. I just don't want to do it the vegan way because there is gonna be a need to do more processed, you know, proteins or, you know, because all we have really is, you know, uh what protein shakes, uh, you could do some processed, you know, vegan meats. (laughs) But I don't I don't really want to do it Mm. that way. So I just stay where I am. Um, you know, I've done the scans. I'm about 14, 15% body fat at about two fifteen. So I keep a decent, you know, stature. I'm pretty strong uh, 500 pound deadlift, you know, 365 squat, I, I would stay pretty strong where I am. But definitely, I think if I was to adopt or go back to eating, you know, fish and, you know, getting some high protein, I definitely think I could do much better on stage. And, you know, that's something I, I definitely would look at.
0: You think if you were to just make up that protein gap by eating, you know, a greater quantity of the vegan foods you're eating now, the plant based foods you're now, it would just have too much of a carb count to be able to you know, get as lean as you need to get for stage?
1: Um, uh, I, I think it's possible. Yes. Um, but to be competitive, I'm not sure. I've seen you do it. And I think based on the macros you were going with, I think it can be done. It's going to be, I mean, it's gonna be hard, which, I mean, I don't take it away from you doing it on the meat base side. It's hard, you know, even getting down that lean, but you know, I've heard some of the, the macros you were doing uh, to get, you know, you and Danny Vega, I've, I've heard, Kind of what you all are doing. And it could be, you know, maybe a little off with the vegan diet, but we could probably get it close. And, uh, and I think it could work, to be honest. Um, I think I could do it and, and some way be, be competitive. Sweet, man. I think it's totally do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it would be a, a huge accomplishment, man. And I've been thinking about it myself, just, you know, getting on stage just to say, hey, not only am I vegan, but I'm also keto, you know, and just <laughs> I mean, that would just open everybody's eyes and just. I don't know, man. That'd be crazy.
0: Yeah, man. And, and it combined with your story. I mean, being 315, you know, diabetic at 15 years old and, and now, you know, competing because I mean, I have seen you look great, man. You got a ton of muscle. You got good shape. I mean, if you came in and competed on stage, I mean, that would just kind of complete the the full transformation.
1: Yeah, man, I agree. I appreciate that. Um, I, I definitely think that's confirmation because uh, it's been in the back of my mind for, you know, a while now. Um I guess one of the biggest reasons why it's been in the back of my mind, because I've been playing with, you know, kind of testing different diets for years um, just to kind of, you know, tell people, hey, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. This is how, you know, you're going to feel on this. Because a lot of my clients, when they come and I'm sure you get this too. A lot of my clients come in, they are torn between maybe 30, 40, 50 different things on Google. They don't know where to go. They don't know what works and they want to try it all. So <laughs> as a mm-hmm. vegan, when they come in, for me, I you know, it's more so it's it's better for me to say, hey, I've done the 80, 10, 10. We we had this one lady who was really big. They call her the banana girl. I'm not gonna say any names, but you know who I'm talking about. And she, I mean, she messed up the vegan community at large. A lot of people think they can eat 80 grand or 80 percent of their calories from carbs and and get abs or or you know lose weight and people are realizing now that that doesn't work and that they actually gain 15 20 pounds trying to do it but there's so it's so much misinformation in this side of the <laughs> of the you know fitness world that i'm just trying to you know correct it and me you know working on my body and taking my body through different you know, phases and showing people that that doesn't work. It's really been helpful.
0: Yeah, man. I'm glad you said that. I think there's there's so much to be said for the actual macro ratio breakdown. And that's one of my biggest gripes with the different types and philosophies of, of, of food and in dieting in general. I mean, you've got like the paleo community and it's pretty much just, you know, eat what was ever there in the ancestral times. You got, you know, mm-hmm. plant-based, you have vegan. But the cool thing that keto does contrary to all the others is that it puts an emphasis on the actual macro ratio breakdown so you can you know mm-hmm. eat different foods to hit that breakdown but when you focus on that it really puts an emphasis on you know the how, how your body's going to be absorbing and, and metabolically mm-hmm. using those fuels and and it matters like a calorie obviously is not just a calorie we know this so when you mm-hmm. you know approach any type of diet okay as long as i fit within these parameters of what type of food this is but don't give any thought to what the you know ratio of those macronutrients break down to you're kind of setting yourself up for disaster
1: right i agree i absolutely agree man um that that has been a huge part of you know just doing keto not just with myself but with my clients um it's been amazing just because like you said it, the focus is the macros and this is kind of what i've been teaching the vegan community because up until maybe. A couple months ago when Will Cole released his uh, book, The Ketotarian, which is a huge, huge step. That was a great book. And I love that he came out with that book because he really said a lot of things that I've been trying to teach for, I mean, years. But of course, I was one of the only people saying it. So with Will Cole coming out and having that backup of saying, you know, hey, veganism or vegetarianism can be done keto. It was huge. So now people are actually focusing on the macros instead of the diet itself. Because if you go into the vegan world and you say keto, the first thing that comes to many vegans' minds is that, oh, you have to eat a lot of bacon on that diet. And it's like, no, how miseducated are you? You know, how (laughs) how crazy is that that you just automatically think that you have to eat a certain, you know, food type on that diet. And me, you know, kind of introducing keto as a vegan option has shown people that it's more so about the macros and not what's in the actual
0: diet. 100%, man. I hate it when I hear, you know, I talk about keto and people just assume that the best way to do keto is just bacon, eggs, and butter. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even eat that much bacon and eggs. Like I I, I do like bacon and eggs, but that's a very, very small percentage of the overall food that I'm consuming. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, I mean, with any diet, you have to focus on making sure you get a diverse nutrient pool from a variety of sources and, and people can't take that for granted
1: hmm absolutely
0: so so talk about digestion man like i, I know you know with, with the traditional car or keto approach you're not getting as much you know carbs you're not getting as much fiber on average like i even take my clients down to as low as 10 grams of total carbs like in a mm-hmm. contest prep scenario a lot of people's concern with that is you know i'm not getting enough fiber to be regular some people are carnivore and they just avoid it entirely and they seem to have fine digestion. What, what's digestion like, and how does that change when you're going with a like vegan protocol?
1: Um, it depends on where, um, of course. Like I said, you know, everything's in context. But for the most, like the average person who comes in, usually they're, I mean, just crazily in this high-carb space. That's mostly what I deal with. So what I notice usually is that it's a period that we have to go through to change the utilization of nutrients. Because the body is so used to carbs that it actually I have a lot of people who gag the first time they start eating fats because the body is trying to push away. It doesn't want the fat. It wants the carbs, you know, because it's been running on carbs for how many years. So digestion is usually a little rough for them until we get through that initial phase. And a lot of times I actually take my clients through a three day fast to slingshot them into ketosis because most people or a lot of people don't know that fasting helps you to get in ketosis much faster. Um, so we'll go through a three day fast which allows their body to start tapping into you know, into those um, natural fats that they have stored, <laughs> those fats that are internal. And once we start tapping into that, we slowly get into ketosis. I introduce those um, foods back to them, the same foods that were that was making them gag or you know they couldn't get down or digest or you know it was causing them to have constipation. When we come back out of the three-day fast, a lot of times they are much better. They're digesting the foods. Um, I check with my, so I have walkie-talkie access to all of my clients. So we, you know, I give them check-ins and I say, hey, how's the digestion going now? And almost every 100% of the time, pretty much, they come back and they're like, hey, this is amazing now. My digestive system is great. I'm feeling a, a feeling of euphoria. It's just totally different. So if we don't do that i notice it the digestion is just it takes a lot longer <laughs> when you're trying to go from high carbs to keto but once they're in it the digestion is amazing
0: have you had any people that are already keto kind of following like a really low carb low fiber approach and then go vegan and, and increase their total carbs significantly but all from fiber sources like does there any change in digestion there that you've noticed
1: yeah definitely um I'd say maybe the last, I'd say in the last six months, I probably had about five people come in who were doing traditional, you know, quote unquote, traditional keto, where they're eating uh, some meat based uh, options. And then they just want to try it out. They want to go vegan. They want to see if they can do it. And the big differences that we notice is that one, I I hear a lot of people say that their energy is different. And, And sometimes it goes one way. Sometimes it goes the other. And this is kind of how how I'm able to tell whether or not they should stay inside the vegan diet. Um, Some people, they kind of lose their energy. They're like, oh, you know, I don't really feel, you know, I feel like I'm missing something. I get that a lot. Or they get the pins and needles, which usually is a B12 deficiency or, uh, you know, or B vitamin overall deficiency. But, you know, they get that, you know, crazy feeling. I say, okay, well, let's try adding a little salmon to that. And usually it works. And then I have the other people who usually go the opposite way. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like I feel much better doing you know much more vegetables and you know some avocado and olives it feels great over here my skin is great you know the ladies you know the menstrual cycles are doing great some you know a lot of people come to me who have pcos so you know that starts to improve so yeah man it it just it depends on like i said it's a context but i've seen both happen
0: this is fascinating man i don't, I don't know if i could ever i mean i love meat Don't get me wrong like i the whole texture and taste of meat is like a euphoric thing for me instead of a bad thing. <laughs> but I would totally be down to try like vegan for a month and just kind of see how my body responds. I'd probably wait until after this six thousand calorie thing that I'm doing for six months because mm-hmm. that would be just too much variables in there. But yeah, <laughs> I would I would totally give this a shot to just see how my body responds. I think it would be fascinating because it's just such a, you know, opposite end of the spectrum from, you know, kind of what I've done in the past.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, and and as always, if you need, you got any questions, you need anything, man, we'll chop it up. Um, you know, we can go over some things to see how you want to do it. But I really think the space that you're in right now, I think you're already in a good place to transition. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of my my bigger guys, because I've worked with some bodybuilders as well who try to go vegan and they they want to do it the carb route. And I noticed that when you're running on carbs. And you try to come over to vegan diet, you lose a lot of weight because, of course, if you're not giving your body the same amount of carbs you're trying to cut and you start to rely on protein for, of course, you know, of course, gluconeogenesis, you start to cut in weight a lot quicker. I, I've seen it happen so many times, but with you in your space, you're already keto adapted or fat adapted. So it would just be simply switching the types of foods you're eating. I don't think you lose any weight. As far as, you know, muscle mass, I think you would maintain it because you have those uh, ketones being produced already. So you, you're you in a good place to make that transition, man.
0: Yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. Like, I'll try anything once. I think I think this will be good. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know, definitely. man. Two two jars of olives, though, man. That's a lot of olives.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just one of my favorites, man. That's something I lean on a lot. I love my olives. Um, that's probably my favorite food right now. Olives and pumpkin seeds.
0: I do love me some olives and pumpkin seeds, so I, I can, that and Cat Hill yogurt, man, I can make it happen.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then after that, man, I mean, you do a couple things of, you know, the Kai hill or, you know, some olives, a little avocado here and there, and then everything else after that is either a vegetable or, you know, maybe a nut, um, you know, peanut, almond, macadamia. I like my macadamia nuts. So, yeah.
0: I like it. I like it. I really appreciate it, man. I feel like... You know, you're coming from a, a place where you're not, you know, making your, your food, your religion, and it's not like an ethical thing so much it is, you know, what works best for your body, what works best for your clients, let's experiment, kind of tweak things and see what's going to optimize for you, which I totally respect and appreciate that. I think that's how food should be. I mean, food is a fuel, you treat it as such, but I'm curious, man, like what what is your whole take on, you know, you and I are both kind of in the same spot and that we're, we're just you know, like I said, looking at food as a fuel, but there's like this ever raging debate between carnivore specifically versus vegan right now. And and it it's vegans have always been kind of the ones that are, you know, supposedly in their own cult and it's just like don't mess with the vegans. But now I mean carnivore is becoming something very similar. And it's it's just interesting for me to kind of like stand back and watch the war <laughs> rage on. Um mm-hmm. but but what do you think about it? What's your whole take on the the community as a whole and just kind of a high level picture of it.
1: Yeah, man, I, for one, I think it's, I think it's quite sad. And the reason why I say that is because these both on both sides, I'm sure carnivore helps many people because I've seen people with autoimmune disease or something like that. Autoimmune issues. I've seen them have good benefits on that, especially if that's where, you know, your lineage comes from, you know, mostly meat based diet. It works. Same thing with veganism. I've noticed, I've seen a lot of great things done inside of veganism. And I say it's sad because the the behavior or the activity that these both of these sides are doing, it pushes people away. It puts a bad taste in people's mouth. So if I'm looking at going vegan and then I have all of these vegans on my back because I'm not transitioning fast enough or because I'm wearing leather and I'm just trying to focus on my diet right now, but I'm wearing leather. You're going to talk crap. You know, it. it pisses me off to be honest. <laughs> and that's kind of why, you know, I, I try to stay in the middle and I try to, I try to say, Hey, I'm with you on the vegan part. I think it's great for the body, but Hey, that side is great too, but don't, and this is on both sides. Don't push what works for you on other people because everybody, you know, is different. And to be quite frank, a lot of times I tell people, Hey, I can't, cause I've had, I've literally had people come to me and ask me, why don't you you know, participate more in activism. And I tell them, I say, hey, I have friends and family here right now who are afraid, you know, of for their lives as a black man. Some of them are afraid for their lives. I can't focus on another animal or anything without focusing on what I have to worry about in my livelihood right now, because I've had certain instances also as an African-American man where I've been in certain cases. You know, let's just be honest. We're still in the South and not everybody is progressive. (laughs) So that, that is something I had to tell a lot of people that you are on your journey. I'm on my journey and I'm helping thousands of people go vegan. You got to get off my back just because I I may still wear leather or, you know, and same thing for, you know, carnivore. It works for you, but Hey, don't, don't push that on me, you know? So, yeah, man, I I don't know. I feel, I feel sad about the whole situation.
0: No, I'm in the same boat, man. Like it's, It's comical that, you know, somebody's food, what's on your plate can just cause so much negative energy and emotion and rivalry. So it's sad that it's come to that point, but I guess Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, people get gung ho and they're passionate about something and that's just kind of like the outcome of it. But with regard to nutrition and dieting, man, I've always encouraged people to never deal in absolutes or just Mm -hmm. assume that their way is the best way. Because I mean, at the end of the day, there's so much variety out there. Why would we want to distract from that? And, and all, you know, paint the same picture. Like I'm glad that there's vegans out there. I'm glad there's people that, that hate meat. I'm glad there's people of all different walks of life. I mean, I'm going to do what works for me. I'm going to try and do best, you know, by my client's sake and and same true to you, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it's not likely that we're all gonna be able to just get along, but it's sad that we (laughs) don't over something as simple as what food you put in your mouth.
1: Right. And and I heard Jimmy Moore say something uh, along these lines where uh, Jimmy Moore and I think it was Will Cole at that time. I uh, heard this and he says keto is probably going to be one of the closest things to merging the two because you have meat eaters who can go keto and you have vegans who can all agree that keto works. And I love that when he said that it made so much sense. It made so much sense because he's right. So, you know. Mm-hmm. If we can just push apart the emotions, because a lot of a lot of this stuff is emotional. If we can just sit down our emotions and we just look and see what actually works, we'll be a lot better off.
0: No, I totally agree, man. Totally agree. That's that's why, you know, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing and we're just doing everything we can collectively to spread the word and make the world a healthier place.
1: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. I love it.
0: Love it as well, man. Well, Tape again. I appreciate the time, brother. We'll have to do this again. I'm definitely gonna hit you up when I decide to give this, you know, month of vegan a try, because I'll, I'll have all kinds of questions for sure. But uh, we'll will definitely be in touch, man. Because, I, like I said, I'm learning, and I appreciate and respect your, you know, your take on this whole thing. And I think it can make a big, big difference and positive impact on a lot of people.
1: Yeah, man. Definitely. I'm looking towards, looking to that time, man. It's gonna be great, great. And then, hey, if you decide to stay or go. It's all good. I just, I appreciate you for even, you know, being open and giving it a try.
0: Yeah. hundred percent, man. I think being open-minded is, is if people, more people were open-minded, we wouldn't have to deal with near near the bullshit that we just got done talking about with there being so much conflict out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, say man until next time, brother, again, I appreciate the time and and we'll be in touch.
1: Yeah. definitely. people go to
0: find out more about you? I meant to.
1: Oh, so, uh, pretty much, uh, anywhere, uh, Just Google or or search The Vegan Trainer. Um, I'm there pretty much. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. The Vegan Trainer is where I reside. (laughs)
0: Sweet, sweet. I'll link out to that too. Make it easy for people to find you.
1: Perfect, perfect. Thanks much, man.
0: You bet. Have a good one, brother.
1: You too, man.